Hello, and welcome to our Secular Sponsor Speaker Series. Each week, we hear from an Overeaters Anonymous member who has obtained and maintained abstinence without God and has served as a sponsor to other members. The series also provides opportunities for secular OA members who don't have a sponsor or are interested in exposure to a variety of points of view to learn from the experiences of others. We encourage everyone to sponsor others up to the level of their own recovery or to use these tools with each other as peers. If you're willing to sponsor or to work as a peer, please post a message at oasecularforum at gmail.com. For additional information about abstinence without God, go to secularovereaters.org. And now, let's hear from this week's Secular OA sponsor. Thank you so much for having this, and I've enjoyed this meeting very much, and that's why I'm glad to do this. Uh, my name's Laura. I live in New York. I'm a compulsive overeater. I live in recovery one day at a time. I'm going to give a, a brief bio, and then we're going to talk about step 10. I started away in September 2008. When I started, I was 55 years old, married with two daughters, and I was running a successful business. Uh, we had just sent our younger daughter off to college. On the outside, I was a successful, strong woman and had a very stable life. And underneath, I was living in a hell. I was eating all the time. I had no real meals. I just did constant snacking. I would also plan out private secret binges when my family wasn't around. I was over 300 pounds. It was hard for me to walk. I always felt tired. I was afraid to go into Manhattan and take the subway because I couldn't climb the stairs or keep up with the crowds. My back hurt, my knees hurt, and my cardiologist told me that if I did not stop gaining weight, I would be dead in five years. But that, all of that was not the worst of it. The worst of it was that inside I was filled with anger. I was tormented by self-hate all the time. I started um, online OA meetings, and I got a long-distance sponsor. The first thing my sponsor said to me was, read the first 164 pages of the big book and call me back. So after time, together we read and reread that book line by line. When I first read the big book, I was really, really unimpressed. Um, it's repetitious. And it's certainly not great literature. I thought it was archaic, very sexist, and way too filled with G-O-D. And it would never, ever, ever work for me. Uh, luckily, my sponsor stuck with me, and she never pushed her own religion on me. You can see all over the place, I was crossing out the word God. I was doing all kinds of things in this book. And... Uh, in this, on this page, I wrote, yes, it's the first part in the book that I actually really related to. And it's this last sentence, which is, to us, the realm of the fear, spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all. And with that, I managed to stick with this program and do my step three, go through all of the steps, got tremendous relief um, uh, with making amends in step nine, 
Um, and then got to step 10 and let's see. Oh yeah, I got it here already. So this is where step 10 occurs in the big book. And this is my big book. Uh, it's on page 84 and 85. The step 10 is, it doesn't even take up two full pages. Okay. And the most important thing that I want to say about step 10 is by doing step 10, and it says over here, let me see if I'll make it a little bit bigger. Hold on. In this sentence over here, we are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. What step 10 is, is a way to make this work for you every day. It's actually, I think the, the, the key to the program is developing this habit. And by doing step 10, we can continue to be, to live in the world and be effective. In this big book, let's see if I'll move it over a little so we get the right part. Um, there's only four parts to a step 10. Right here, I hope you guys can see my pointer, but in the middle, it says, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. So the first part of step 10 is we watch. The second part is we then ask for them to be removed. And again, I've crossed out God. And for us, this is very important of who are we asking, but let's just say we are willing or we are prompted to have our these problems removed. And the third part is very, very key. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. This is where the sponsor comes in. Um, what I do with my sponsor, and I've done this from the beginning, is I email my sponsor every morning. I email a step 10. My step 10 has changed over time. Sometimes I've been using some of those forms. Sometimes I don't. Again, the most important thing I think is to develop this as a daily habit. What the sponsor is doing, what I do as a sponsor is help somebody watch. As a sponsor, I'm an observer, which kind of means, and I'm gonna give an example. Um, if a sponsee writes down, um, oh, I'm having the hardest time with my neighbor. And you talk about it a little bit and, you know, you, uh, you let it go, right? But as a sponsor, I have the obligation to also say, you know, Sue, you have talked about this thing with your neighbor three times in the last month. Maybe you should think about it a little bit more. And I'm, what I'm really doing by there is observing and just making the suggestion that maybe a more formal amends should be made or something else, because it's something inside. When What I've learned in this program is when something's bugging me, it's something inside me. It really has nothing to do with my neighbor or anything else. And if I can clear up my side of the street, then most of the issues in my life have gone away. And then this fourth part here is help others. After we finish doing this and talking with our sponsor, 
Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And I think this is a part of the step 10 that's often overlooked. And the honest truth is, there's nothing in this big book that says we have to constantly dwell on self-analysis. My first sponsor used to always say to me, we are here to utilize, not analyze. So when you finish the step 10, turn your thought to something that you can do that's useful for someone else. And it sounds very simple. And it is very simple once you develop it as a daily habit. What I'm going to do now, I think uh, I will be turning it over to Kimberly. Hi, everybody. I'm Kimberly, um, compulsive eater in Colorado. I've been in programs uh, 19 years last Monday, January 18th. And um, I have been um, thinner and I've been heavier than I am right now but I actually haven't been saner than I am right now. I could say a lot of things about the way I live, but I love, I love the 10th step. And I, like you guys, don't have a conventional higher power. Um, what I do have is um, a list of things that connect me to what I think of as um, the mystery. And um, Laura and I have talked about this, the idea that um, when you sit down to sort of draw something, let's, I think we used actually a sparrow as an example in the conversation that we had a few years ago. Um, the mystery <laughs> is that until you actually start to look at that thing, it seems very simple. Um, and the closer you look, the more intricate um, and the more it opens out and opens out and opens out the sort of complexity of what you're looking at. That is my higher power. That's my sense of, I, I don't, I only know a little, and that's not because I have a deity that is withholding information from me because I'm only human. It's because I'm only human and my perception's limited. Um, when I came into program, I was shocked that my sense of reality was that my sense, my perception was not reality. I um, remember likening it to a stage set or to the Truman Show, if anybody's seen that movie, where the guy thinks he's living in the world and then all of a sudden a camera falls from the sky and he realizes that he's on a stage set. And the good news about that for me was that those things can be changed. The the boundaries, my you know, the what I believe is real, what I believe is possible for myself and for other people can all be changed. Um, and I did the steps, I've done the steps a bunch of times, um, but step 10 has become a kind of, um, well, this morning I wrote write, R-I-T-E, as in a sort of almost religious in the sense that um, it's a ritual, it's a practice, it both, uh, I do it at night. I mean, I'm sorry, I do it in the morning rather than at night. Um, it's a navigational aid for me. Um, and I'll, 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 sh I'll show you, because I'm going to show you my notebooks um, in a minute, what that looks like. And it's also a cleaning up, right? So it's those two things. So one of the really important aspects of my program, and this is something that I use as a model um, when I'm working with others, is that both in a physical and a psychological sense, we go where we're looking. That's, that's physics. So if you're skiing or you ride a motorcycle, you know that 
if you're concerned about running into the snowbank or the tree, or in the case of a motorcycle, you're worried that you're not going to make that curve, the worst thing you can do is look in the direction of the error or mistake, the tree, the outside of the curve. You need to look where you're going, even though that's not intuitive. And that's absolutely core to my program. I stumble when I am focused on what I don't want. I don't want to eat that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that anymore. I am successful when I'm focused on what I do want. And that's what step 10 helps me do. Um, it helps me figure out where I am and figure out where, um, set a direction. So it's also, I just want to back up a little bit. It's also a psychological truth. That's not just physics. Um, if you're interested in that stuff, there's this, it's called the white bear study. You can Google it. Basically, all you have to do is tell someone not to think about something and that's what they're th going to think about. Um, <laughs> so I want to be sure that I'm deciding where I want to go. I'm not just drifting and I'm not just falling into my default old patterns. But what we learned in program is that we're not in control of that. We have to let go. So there's this middle way. And what the 10 step helps me do is once I have, I'll sh and I'll show you my list of things that I, that I inventory myself against, but once I decide, then I can let go and live my life. So what the 10 step is, is a way for me to see where I've been, see where I am, make a decision about where I'm going to go and then let go and live my life. Okay. So we, there are so many formats, right? I've used two and now I've adapted one for myself. So what I'm going to do is show you what mine looks like. And then I have typed up versions. So you're not going to have to actually interpret my notebooks. I just want to show you the way I do this. So 10 step is on the left. My planner is on the right. Okay, so on the left, there's two notebooks. One's my planner. Um, so when I do my inventory in the morning, I do a list of the tools, which you can see with a little checkbox. I do um, the stuff that's in the big book, resentment, fear. I will write out whatever traits that I'm working with. Currently, it's agreed. Um, I've been working with this idea of selfishness and trying to suss out um, the ways that manifests in my life. And currently, I'm looking at greed, so that'll be on there. Um, that's the stuff that's on the left. So I write out these words, and when I write when I write the words, <laughs> that is because I'm visual, and words are a huge part of my life. I'm a writer and a visual artist. When I write the words, I can feel that connection. So when I write the word kindness. I'm writing the word and I'm also thinking about the last 24 hours and I'll know in that moment whether I have been kind or whether I need to do something there. And that's the, so I write kindness, I write courage, I write persistence, I write the words that are the negatives, fear, anxiety, and so on. Um, always, that's the sort of standard list. The inventorying myself against the tools of the standard and a gratitude list is standard. And in the lower right of that left-hand side notebook, um, there's two columns, can and can't. Um, what that is, is when I, when I write, yes, I'm afraid of this or that. Yes, I'm anxious about this or that. Um, and I then take the next step, which is what can I control and what can I control? And what I can control will become the basis of my action plan for the day. And so on the right-hand side is my planner. And in my planner goes my food plan and my action plan so that I don't have to re rewrite those. Um, and what I typically do these days is take photographs of these and send them to my sponsor. 
along with um, so and if the, and then if there's an amend that needs to be made or there's a problem, I will I'll send an email um, and type type that up. And that's the you know I've already gone ten minutes, so I'm concerned about saying much more about that. I have other notebook pages, and I'm happy to share those things if that's interesting. I think what might make sense, Laura, is to do the um, oh, that's a super long one. So this is when I have this is Saturday or Sunday, or I have extra time, or I'm really worried. Um, it's got all the values, and then it's got basically in the center is all the stuff that's on my character traits list that's dark. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what is it that I'm actually struggling with. And then I'll write out the steps, which is what you can see in the upper right-hand corner. And then um, down the right-hand side, <laughs> that's actually me praying, which I never want anyone to ever read ever because I have a complicated sense of what I'm talking to. And so I do this, I just write over and over and over and over and over the same, the same bit of paper and then no one can read it. These are the two things that somehow will uh, I would like to leave you guys with. Okay, so this is a very standard, um, what's called a VAL format. And I started with this. Um, it's basically A-E-I-O-U. And then I added resentment, self-seeking, self-pity. And I, and I added another A, which is for anxiety. Because if I can figure out what I'm anxious about, I can figure out what I can control and what I can't. And I have a much better chance of making it through the day without um, leaning on my old behaviors. So that's the very simple format. Doesn't take more than 10 minutes usually. And then can you flip to the other one? So this is actually my own, which is what you're seeing in my notebooks. Um, on the far left are my own, is my own list of values. The next column is our tools. The next column is an abbreviated version of the steps. The next column is the principles associated with the steps. And then the last two columns are a sort of summary of all the things that I've picked up in meetings and been told by sponsors, resources, um, things I can do to deal with being restless, irritable, and discontent before I use those old behaviors. And I share this with sponsees also. Um, so that's what I have. I, and like I said, I send a photograph of whatever I've done to my sponsor and write up whatever I need to work on for that day. And then we have a discussion and that's what I got. <laughs> but this is a uh, time for question and answer. So anybody have a question they'd like to ask from our sponsors? This is Arlene. Hey, Arlene. Hi, Arlene. Hey. Hi. I want to thank Laura and Kimberly. This was absolutely brilliant and wonderful and lots of lots of good exercises to work on and and thank you so much both of you you're welcome ditto thanks arlene ditto i don't have a particular well this is rachel i want to open a since people are not jumping forward with questions i want to put forward a question that anyone might have answers to the speakers or others um just if Anything springs to mind of like something that you've learned about yourself from doing a 10th step? I don't know, anything warm and fuzzy that you <laughs> are glad you did a 10th step for? For me, just this exercise today, you know, helped me say that around a particular issue, I have courage and perseverance and openness. And I'd been much more in the anxiety place. So it was really helpful for me in that way. Mm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, other sponsors... Please feel free to chip in too if you want to something you want to add. Eileen again. 
in the last year, I've been meeting a lot of newcomers who sponsors uh, suggest that they start a 10-step right at the beginning. And they seem to really enjoy working these exercises. Uh, it's a way to keep from piling daily stuff into the four-step inventory that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. And it seems to work for them very nicely. Um, I wasn't told to do it back then, but a very simple 10-step every day can be a really nice way to work on program and to sort of keep your day on track and keep any issues from snowballing. So there's no wrong way to do it is what I'm saying. You don't have to wait till you've worked through all the other steps. You can start on it immediately. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you know, set it aside until you're ready. Pass. Uh, this is Vinny T. Um, I found um, that I can use a 10th step to sort of fend off a problem. In other words, if I see something coming up that I have fear or anxiety around or, or you know, um, I'm worried that I'm going to get angry over and so forth, I can kind of 10th step it in advance and then it won't go that way. Um, you know, I, I come into that situation well-armed and uh, in a very balanced uh, attitude. I pass. MH had a hand up. I've been seeing this step 10. Um, I'm, I'm of two minds. I understand that it's really valuable to, you know, assess your day at the end of the day. But when I read about these 10 steps, I, I actually, and what other people seem to do in the evening, I find that so overwhelming and off-putting. I, I don't know how... <sighs> I don't know how other people deal with so much introspection and analysis, you know, and then I go like, God, am I that shallow? Does this mean I'm not interested in my recovery if I'm not willing to put in all this effort? Uh, and I doubt my, my sincerity. And I really don't know how to deal with that much. I mean, that, that many questions to ask myself and write it all down. So I don't know whether somebody can kind of help out on that. Thank you. We have, we have to have a short answer because we're up against time. So can I answer real quick? Um, that AEIOU can take five minutes. I mean, I, I do it in the morning as part of my routine. My recovery routine has sort of, includes all of that stuff but that was I abstinent am I exercising did I do something for myself did I do something for others what am I uncertain about uncomfortable about or unclear about you're done and you don't even have to write it down you can just do it in your head the like Laura said the only wrong way to do it is to sort of not do it you can make it as tiny as you need to we're out of time for questions Remember, anonymity is the basis of our program, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Laura, Kimberly, all the people who commented, thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today. To hear recordings of other speakers in this series, visit secularovereaters.org. And while you are there, please consider making a donation to support our work. <laughs>